I'm getting better at this exhaling stuff. I'm not good at doing it like naturally, but manually I got it down. Mm. It's not like riding a bike, I forget. <laughs> oh, well, wish me luck, huh? Ladies and future boys, welcome to the School for Wayward Nerds, the only podcast not funded by the shadow government. As far as you know. If you're getting paid for this, I want some. No. Alright. My name is Tyra DePola, and this week, I think it's time to blow this in. Uh, dear listener, I have a question for you. Pop culture, the vast oceans of comic books, film, TV, and gaming. Have you ever put off something you enjoyed for a light, like... For so long that it gets rebooted while you're away. Um, that's right. At the time of writing this paragraph, the Netflix adaptation of Cowboy Bebop is dropping later that day. Mm. Um, obviously, when you hear this, it'll already be out, and opinions will have been made. But that isn't why we are here. We are here today to force my sensitive little bitch ass to sit down and finish the original anime. You see, I will bow out of a series. If I'm scared, it will depress me. Um, it took me months to actually finish the final episode of Blood Drive, knowing that a second season had been already cancelled. You know, I knew this was going to be it, so it put me off getting to that end. You know, it's Schrodinger's cat. If I haven't finished it, it's not over. Yeah. Um, yeah. Married with Children was our after-dinner TV show for a while, but we dropped out, like, three episodes left because it would be over if I continued. Yep. Bill Doge's Batman, the 1966 run. Well, season three has such a sad budget slashed quality that it kind of bums me out to watch as well. I feel like that's a different one. No, that's more... That's not me sad it's ending. It's me being like, oh, it's already dead. <laughs> yeah. We're literally watching the corpse hang. Yeah. It, it's that Simpsons kid. Stop, it's already dead. Yeah. And that fucking Batgirl theme song. Oof, that depresses me. We only heard it once. That's all, I, that's all it took, man. Um, yeah, anyway, I dropped Cowboy Bebop for one reason. It's incredibly tight and well-done storytelling, and I was under the impression that it would go for a grim, tragic ending, and I was scared that I would carry that weight. Hmm. So joining me in finishing the series and talking about it and producing as well, we are joined by Kyle. The woman of many jobs, none hmm? of which she's good at. <laughs> Well, you, you sat down and watched it. I mean, I did that. If there's one thing Kaya can do, it is observe things. Yeah. So, we started watching the series on a whim, on um, on the best anime streaming service, uh, the late, great Anime Lab. <laughs> Pull one out. Um, but for most people, the slightly older generation that I heard tell from the show from in the first place, um, they found it late at night on Adult Swim. Um, Cowboy Bebop was the first anime to air there, and would later be joined by the ranks of Ghost in the Shell, Lupin the Third, and Kyle? Food Wars. I don't know if I like that show. <laughs> we, we are prepared. I agree we, with... We show up for the beautiful anime food, we're always horribly confused by the weird orgasms. I understand food is good. Like, I'm not the person you need to sell on that concept. But why the clothes break? Fan service, baby. It's all it is. It's literally all it is. I don't... I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, people loved Bebop on Adult Swim. It ran its 26 episodes weekly, um, and fans would continuously be like, roll it again, and they would just take it from the top. They ran these 26 episodes 
Well, the, the 20 episode, 26 episode series, a few missing, we'll get back to that later. They just ran these episodes on loop for four straight years. You've That's longevity right there, man. As a TV scheduler, producer person, mm. you've got to be pretty happy with that. Mm. That this thing that, you know, you've, you've bought once, you're like, eh, we'll get through 26 episodes, we'll be fine. And then it just keeps going and going and going. I, just, I love that they're like, you know, it gets to the end, it says you're going to carry that weight, and all the fans were like, play that fucker again! <laughs> and Adult Swim's like, oh, well, it's right. It's <laughs> yeah. Take it from the top. Um, But it doesn't start at Adult Swim, obviously. Um, It starts in like 50 years, actually. 2071. Mm. Um, Cowboy Bebop is a sci-fi neo-noir revolving around a crew of bounty hunters on a spaceship called the Bebop. Um, yeah, in in the in 2071. I, I definitely believe no one... Like, I believe this version of a future. Mm. Spaceships and stuff aside, obviously, but no one knows what a VHS is in this universe. <laughs> and I could see that. I know the what floppy a VHS di- is. I know, but the floppy disk is a dying thing. People no, think I, that means save icon. I I asked my small children about that, mm-hmm. and apparently one of their teachers showed them what it was once. Oh wow, that's nice. <laughs> um, and when I say sci-fi neo noir, that's barely the tip of the iceberg. This uh, the genre bending is wild here. In one case, jumping from a spaghetti western with anti-capitalist terrorism undertones to the next episode being a sci-fi cult thriller with theories that TVs are more powerful than God and a bunch of conscious AI undertones. Mm. Um, and it's never jarring. Like, it... I don't know how it does it. Like, every episode is very unique and very special. All in their own little ways. They're all unique little snowflakes. Yeah. Um, so Cowboy Bebop was created by Hajime Yakate. Do you remember who that is? No, but I'm assuming you would like me to tell you. No, it's fine. It is a pseudonym. Oh, right! That's not the real name. Yeah, it's it's the name a group of staff at Sunrise, the anime production company, um, that do all the Gundam stuff. That is the, it's like a stage name that they, as a group, used. Yeah. Because there's like a... There's a thing I've noticed in anime when the, like a group gets credited as a group. It's mm. not like created by Matt Groening, knowing full well Matt Groening hasn't written shit in like years. You, it, know, you know what I mean? Like it's like early Disney, where everything was credited to Walt Disney because they wanted to make a name for the company, not for the creator. Sort of, yeah. It's like if, the, if the name Walt Disney didn't exist and all, like, your, um, your little old men. The nine old men. If they had, like, their own stage name. Yeah. As a collective. Which, I mean, they do. It's the, the nine, nine old, old men, men of animation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the director of the Hajime Yakate was Shinichiro Watanabe. Yeah. Now, this guy believed that music was the universal language. And he and his composer, Yoko Kano, began music production before most of the characters were even finalised. Um, Kaya, what do you think of the music in this series? It is very good. It's very, like, unexpectedly good. Because it's it a very really jazz hard, soundtrack. It? Mm. 
But, but like, again, a genre bends there too. It, yeah, sometimes. It does what it, yeah, it does, it does a lot of stuff. But like, it made a lot more sense when I learned about how like they went back and forth between music and scenes, never having like yeah, that's right, both at the same time. Yeah, it was I would it was always one or the other, and you can kind of tell that when you're listening, watching because. I don't know, it just blends really well, but at the same time, each stands out. Yeah. So Yoko put together a blues jazz band called The Seatbelts to jam this show's music out. And they had such a good method, I think. Like, Shinichiro would explain a scene. She would create music for it. That would inspire Shinichiro, and he would set up another scene, and in turn, this scene would inspire Yoko again. And they just back and forth. Yeah. Like, the entire run of the show. Um, this weird musically built noir storytelling, though, pretty much everything iconic about the sh- series now, in general, mm. it was all a big speed bump. Of course. You see, the show was being funded by Bandai. You know who Bandai is, Kyle? The toy company? Yeah. They do all the Dragon Ball shit now. They do um, Tamagotchis. Yeah. So, so they were funding... Um, they tell Shinichiro Watanabe he can do whatever he likes so long as it has a spaceship they can make toys of. Um, and in a very Batman animated series style, when Bandai first started seeing early footage, they were like, what the fuck is this? We can't market this to children. Yeah. You know, we can't put this one on the shelf next to our Tamagotchis. It's a, it's a you know. I, I, I like to think the clips they were witnessing are just like the grimmest chain-smoking, lonely outlooks. Yeah. And they're like, this is the thing we've done. It's like, does it have a spaceship in it? It's like, yeah, it's got a spaceship in it. But like, you know, we're all out running something and that thing's going to either catch up to us or we're going to die. And there's a lot of headshots. <laughs> and then Ben does like, fuck. <laughs> there is a lot of headshots. Oh yeah, a lot of people get shot and bleed, but that's... Anime was more chill about that stuff than Western, even back then. Mm. Um, so the show gets pulled. And stuck in, you know, in, um, you know, production hell until Bandai Visual, a subsidy, um, that didn't have any connection to the toy making section, um, they decided to let the show go and just do whatever it wanted to once again. So with that, the show is made up, um, and it finally makes it to air in April 1998. Sort of. You see... It was put in a 6pm time slot, Kaya. Mm. So episodes that were violent weren't aired. Well, that's nice. Kaya, they aired episodes 2, 3, 7, 3 to 15, and then 18. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, maybe half? Not even? Mm. So, oh, they also aired the special as well. Sure, once it moved to a satellite... TV, it all aired, but that was still just in Asia. The first country outside of the continent to air it, um, take a guess. Just take a swing. Is it a country or a continent? It's a country you've heard of. Germany. Relatively close. Italy. Home of the Winx Club, the only Italian anime I've ever heard of, and also I made up the word. Italian anime. We, We can tell. Yeah. No, isn't the other one... Oh, no, I think that was just broadcast in Italy as well. One. Oh, no, we were watching the BBC dub. 
That's no, the British dub. Wasn't this still a classic? To do with one being loved in Italy or something? Oh no, that was that was the mystery because no one knows who wrote the theme song in one of the countries in Europe. Oh okay, I knew that. And I it's knew never been credited, and we still don't know. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. That's all right. Um. My brain works in mysterious ways to yeah. even myself. From there, it makes it to Adult Swim, like I mentioned, um, on September first, two thousand one. A very um, intense month in American history. I only bring that up because a few episodes were missing once again. Uh, 6, 8, and 22 weren't in this run due to 9-11. They aired during the third lap of the show. Um, Kaya, we watched episode 22 this weekend. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that being pulled from airing? (laughs) Um, I'm... I couldn't argue with it. Not in the slightest surprise. <laughs> Holy shit, within like, the first, no. like, three minutes, they blow up a twin tower. Well, no, they almost blow up a twin tower. A big chunk then in the middle they're... gets exploded. Well, there's no big chunk in the middle of the twin towers. <laughs> the actual twin towers. There's still a man planting bombs in a, in a twin tower-shaped building. Yeah. Yeah, and it was abrupt, too, because, like, I'd read this bit of trivia... Like, as I was going through the history. And that was the episode we were, like, next up to. And I was like, whew, yeah. I... Normally I think people are pretty PC around this uh, this event. But, whew, I can't argue with that one. That's got me good. Mm. We also do that a lot. Where, like, right as we're sitting down to do something, it's exactly the next thing. Because oh, yeah, we, we did that we with fairy, fairy tale. tale yeah. we, um, we were working our way through fairy tale. We went and got the game because it came out. <laughs> the second we put it in, it was the episode we were up to. So, like, anything that happened after that was just spoiler. Yeah, that was... We could not have timed that any more shit than mm. we did. Groundbreaking stuff. Um, As for the airing, Australia, that's us, would be um late in the game. Last, in fact, nine years after the series originally had, we got it. I mean, ABC Two. They tell us we're first world, but I'm really not here for it. We have what feels like the slowest fucking entertainment access I've ever seen. That would be because we have the slowest freaking internet hmm. in the developed world. I guess not enough people stream yet. Um, so I waited until here to talk about the casting and characters. Because in a fucking amazing and very rare occasion, the dub is actually really good. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people went really hard on this show. Um, Watanabe, I don't have the quote written down, but he was specifically like, I want to create something that will still be remembered and loved 30 years from now. Yeah. I think he definitely achieved that. Oh, yeah. Well, but we're almost at 30 years. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's still around. And, like, everyone went hard. Even the dub cast went hard. That's, mm. that's so crazy rare. But that's... I think it was before, like, this weird, constant, just running through the same, like, seven voice actors, just day in, day out. Like, a lot of the old ones are still pretty bad and clunky, because they hadn't really mastered the art yet, but this one really went for it. But it's the same that we say about everything that, you know... Clearly, it was created with if that. If heart and love soul was put into it, you get heart and soul back out. Exactly, and I think like because it was made when they dubbed it, it was clear to see what they had like to work with. Mm. And I mean, 
um, the dog guy for Spike. Um, give me a second. Sorry, right, I got it here. Um, the classic, like original, Steve Bloom. yeah, the original version of Spike is um Koichi Yamadira, and um, yeah, as you said, Steve Bloom plays Spike. Like, clearly, he loves this character because oh, the tattoo he got thing. he got his final lines tattooed on him. In a very like it's As on his like on our on podcast, his, it's the little uppy downy squiggles. Yeah, but or it's a heart on, rate monitor, I guess. It's on the inside of his arm, like it's somewhere where people are going to see that. People are going to ask about it, like. Um. Yeah, Steve. We've mentioned before because he's Wolverine in almost all games and animated things, and Sub Zero in recent games and animated things. He came up during our Web of Shadows episode quite prominently because you ripped me in half in that game. If you want. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So we have for the original classic, um, true language, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you have you have Unsho Ishizuka as Jet Black. Um, Megumi, whew, that's a big one. Hayashibara as Faye, mm-hmm. and Aoi Tada as Ed. As for the do- oh, also, I don't know if the voice actors in the PlayStation game are the original voice actors. I, I it sucks that Faye and Ed have almost the same like pitch. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yep. So we mentioned Steve Bloom. We have Bo Billingsley as Jet Black. Oh shit! Before we go into him, I was going to ask you about Spike. Okay. As as I go through cast, you want to give a rundown about these people? I I was prepared for that. That's why I had to work out which tap had. Yeah. Steve All the on bits it. in it. Okay. So, Spike Spiegel mm-hmm. is... Oh, fuck. Look. I was going to wear one of my suits and roll up my sleeves for recording this. <laughs> I just remembered then. Continue. It's kind of, like... I was going to say he's the main or titular character, mm. but he's kind of not. He is, but it's shared. He, like... It's, it's one of those ones where it's like the main guy is only the main guy by, like, 5%. Yeah. It's just a smidge bigger than the other ones. Um, as, and that's the thing, like we said, each episode is super unique because while there's an overarching story, it is literally sprinkled into episodes. Yeah. And, like, you might get a 30 second, like, hint in an episode that otherwise doesn't talk about it at all. And it's um... not until you get to the end that you're like, oh, this is the story they were actually telling. Like, we you always know when it's talking about it. We but... covered a comic book recently that did it really well, that everything was an episodic adventure, but with the tiniest little sprinkle to keep you reading the next one. Yeah. I fucking don't remember which one it was. So, throughout the series, we learned that Spike was a member of the Red Dragon Crime Syndicate. Mm-hmm. Um, he ended up faking his death Somehow, because I saw him riddled with bullets, um, after falling no, he in gets, love. No, that was when he was still in the group. He was I, saved by the chick. Yeah. That's not him leaving or faking his death. That's him getting fucked up working with Vicious. I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, he falls in love with Julia. Good old Julia. Friend of the podcast. turns out to be, like... Congratulations on getting meh. engaged, by the way, Julia and Boba. <laughs> I'll put it here where I'll never hear it. After his faked out death, uh-huh. he becomes a bounty hunter with Jet Black. 
Um, bounty hunters in this age are called cowboys. Of course. Hence the reason cowboy bebop. Although they never fucking say it in the show until it's a dude who's literally a cowboy. But then again, we'll talk about big shots later. It's very cowboy themed. They don't say it as much just because we've been rewatch rewatching because we've been looking at the live action as as I've been writing this. They say cowboy so much more in the new version than the previous. Is what made me think about it. Well, I, so I was like, I don't remember them actually saying it that much. They do, they definitely say it like a bit. Mostly just talk about bounties and how much wool long it's worth. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing, they're always kind of, they somehow end up having these other adventures more so than being bounty hunters. I was going to say, most of the time they're pretty shit at being bounty hunters. Spike is definitely more interested in snacks. Yeah, they're going on on adventures. He's like, I'm going to go get some noodles, and Jet's like, but we're hunting a dude, and he's like, I understand that, but I'm not me when I'm hungry. Yeah. Um, he's also like... Very late 90s anime cool. Yeah. He's one of those scrawny, quick-moving dudes. He's never not hair. smoking. He's always chain-smoking. He's he, always wearing a suit. He has cool protagonist hair, by which I mean Persona 5 guy's hair. And his suit is very, like, stylistic. Yeah, the designs in this are very nice. Just yeah. overall, across the board. E- each character is very... Aside from, unique. like, spaceships, you look at its version of culture... And it is a very believable near-future culture. It's not like they predicted random shit, as far as I know, but, like... It's probably... It captures humanity really well. Like, it was very inspired by Manhattan and Hong Kong, I think. It's probably one of the best, like... Predictions of what the future could be. It's very, um... And I think that's because it's so similar to what, like... They don't go crazy with anything... All the details are very believable. Yeah. Like, humanity gives in, like, ends up being destroyed by their own by hand. around. Which is common. It's penciled in. Let's be honest. And, but that's the thing. Like, you hear that and you're like, eh, sounds about right. Like, nothing that they predict is like too far-fetched. And there's going to be holograms, and the holograms will come out of your hand, because you've got a chip in your arm, and like, or do ev- you want- everything is just like... Kind of like how Ghost in the Shell looks like a very realistic future, but everyone's like, got their brain in a robot, so it's like everyone's full-body prosthetics and shit. That one's yeah. a little too far. Um, no, everything is very predictable. Yeah. So, um, we have, uh, Bo Billingsley as Jet Black. Um, Bo is one of those champions of the single episode character roles, appearing in shit like Young and the Restless in 1973, to the mayor in the Hannah Montana movie, to a weird-looking Godzilla anime series just this year. Mm. Um, so, Kara, run us through Jet Black. Um, so, Jet Black is one of the other titular characters. I'd say he's, like, the other main guy. I feel like these two are Batmans and the next two are Robins. As, yeah. And that's mostly based on the fact that these two are there at the start. Yeah. So this is... They are working together as the bounty team on Bebop. Um, we, again, throughout Splatterings, find out that he was an officer of the ISSP, yeah. which is basically the International 
or interspatial um, police force, um, and that he's lost his arm on one side, and he basically thinks he's in charge, though I think deep down he knows Spike is, like, the fancier character. It's his fucking ship. It yeah, is his It's like ship, one of like those, my same... house, my rules, and everyone's going to ignore me Yeah, kind of setups. He's also the cook. He is. He can make some mean peppers. Yeah. That's all they eat, because they're always broke. Because they're always too focused on the adventure and not in the bounty. Yeah. Those first few episodes, like, they go after the, the guy with the red eye. That, you know, that bounty. Um, they don't capture him. The next adventure, they have to get a special dog and a bounty, and they don't get the bounty, and then they can't get rid of the dog. Yeah. Um, they're, yeah, they're not very good at it. Just because I'm not sure if we mentioned it. Um, he's played by Inch... Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I went through the costume. Oh, Are you going into the live action stuff? No. Okay. Well, I th- we'll, we'll touch on it okay. once we're through the original. I, I, okay, I'm sorry. All right. Next up on our list is the uh, the femme fatale, uh, Faye Valentine. Look, I have to disagree with you. Just, just who is Faye first off? Okay. Um, Faye appears to be a 23 year old woman. Um, we find out that she's actually close to, like, 77. Yeah. Um, but she's she was fry. put into a cryogenic freezer after a space shuttle accident. <laughs> fry Valentine. And she spent, um, about 54 years in suspended animation. Um, she crosses paths of Spike and Jet a couple of times, and it just gets to the point where they all end up in the ship together. And she's never, like, she's part of the team without being part of the team. Because she's so lost in not knowing her backstory, because she ends up with amnesia. Like, she's always more focused on her own story than, like, feeling like she's part of them. She's very outsider Yeah. She's got Catwoman-y sort of vibes. I also liked when we were watching the original, like, as we were going through it, I liked that she had, like, the superpower of gauging how, like, depressing a story or a bounty is going to end up and just staying out of it. Yeah. She, she can read a room, I'll give her that. And that's the thing, she's there when she wants to be there and she's not when she doesn't. Yeah. She's, you know, she's got her own agenda. Um... She is voiced by Wendy Lee, who is one of those people who do, like, a shit ton of dubs in gaming and anime. But the standout for this house, anyway, is Queen Serenity and Sailor Moon, both versions, mm-hmm. original and the newer one, and um, Alpha 6 in Power Rangers in Space. Of course. Um, we sh- I showed you that. It's She's a good voice actor, because I could not place those two. They're very different voices. Yeah. Um, next up, perfect, perfectly being the weird comic relief without being too annoying, Ed. Or Edward Wong, How, Pepperloo, Travus, uh, Tivruski the Fourth. Or. Edward. Or. Hmm. We, we learn Edward's real name. I just told you his goddamn real name, how it's dare you? 
Francisco Appledali. Ah, we don't know about that. That's, it, that's her Earth name. Complicated kid. Um, so she, yes, she, they changed the character to a girl during development but left the name as Edward, uh, is voiced by Melissa Farn. Cool that she voiced Betty Boop once, um, but while going through her voice credits, I saw that she was the Tachikomas in that CGI Ghost in the Shell that I really didn't like. So I'm scrolling down her IMDb to see if she was the original ones too, because I thought that would be a cool credit. And I see in a show, co- a TV show called Monster, in an episode called The Baby's Depression, she plays prostitute. And I was like, that's weird. There's a lot to unpack there, but I keep scrolling until I see the original Ghost in the Shell standalone complex. Um, she doesn't play a tachycoma there. Um, she re- she returns to her role as prostitute. Yeah. Isn't that fun? Um, yeah, I, I like I like scrolling through IMDb and finding weird shit like that. Um, Kai, do you want to describe Ed? Physically or just as a character? Do your best. Ed, I just, I love, I love Ed in a way that, like, I did not expect. When she, when she first pops up, it's like, oh, here comes the mater of this universe, here comes the Dory of this universe, that annoying side character that is just infuriating in every fucking moment. But she, she... T- fucking holds that edge. I never hated her once. I thought she was great. Did you? But I could see if you spend, like, slightly more time with her, she would be annoying. That's how I feel about Vicious. He is a sooky little edge lord, and I hate his greasy hair and his shitty attitude. But that's but... the thing. It wants you to hate him so that you like Spike better. I don't know. Yeah, that's fucking because easy. Because they've they got that down. Because if they made him, like, a cool bad boy, they risk the chance that you will go for him over Spike. No, the show balances these, like, grading characters so well that you don't get sick of them ever during the moment. Like, and that's it's, the thing. it's done so Spike well. Spike is a complete asshole, but he's so charming. It's, yeah, it's done well. Faye is a bitch. She's so charming. Mm. Ed is a pain in the nostril. Small doses. <laughs> yeah, but the, the doses are the perfect amount of dose. I love that it's enough that you can enjoy it, but it's not too much that you, like... Just fucking stop. Yeah. I, I've. It's. Normally I'm triggered by like the annoying side characters and stuff, but Ed might be my standout almost ever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and. And, um. Dexter from Red Lanterns. That one's not bad. He's a kitty. I know, but it's a, it's a dumb premise, but I'm fine with it. You know you what I mean? Kitties. Um. Yeah, exactly. Point. So, lastly. No! no. I get to talk about Ed! Just talk about Ed then. So Ed is a... Look, at the beginning, we weren't sure what Ed was. Ed just come in. <laughs> That's literally it. Ed will introduce Ed. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, Ed third has person made up to name. Yeah. Um, Ed usually wears, like, yoga shorts and an oversized white shirt. Yeah. Little crop little, top. little red hair and these, like, weird Hacking glasses. goggles. Um, fun, exciting thing. Ed was born in 2058. Woo! So Ed doesn't exist yet. Coming. Um, Somewhere Ed's parents are going to meet. And we'll be alive to see it, hopefully. And then leave her in a daycare center for seven years. Look, they forgot she was there. Apparently. It was good parenting. Forgot I had a kid. Um, Ed is apparently a, like, amazing prodigy hacker. 
on Earth. Mm-hmm. And when they, like, come across her, she's like, yeah, I just hang out here because, like, you feed me and you have a computer. That's pretty cool. But as we learn Ed's story, apparently she just wanders into places and bears like, hmm, food. She come and go. I'll stay here for a little bit. Yeah. And then she wanders off. Does Ed's own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Lastly, not a voice cast per se, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention the fifth member of the group. I'm... Kaya, take it away. I'm dog. Very intelligent dog. Ayn is a very smart dog, but he is a dog nonetheless. Still, Yeah, still dog. Well it, animated dog, too. It is a beautifully animated dog. I wouldn't dog. be shocked if it was a rotoscope dog, honestly. Like, if they just got footage of a corgi and then just, like, traced it. Maybe. It, it has a natural movement to it, except for... Um, I'll get to that. <laughs> um, Ayn is a corgi, as you said. He was originally part of a mission, and they just end up kind of keeping him because because like not it, it, the dog wasn't worth soundly yeah so they just kind of kept it around it, it turns out the dogs are very hard to a keep and b sell because they've had such a huge tax put on them and no you're going live action again dog is worthless dog in that in the future corgis are not a rare fancy breed. They are the most run-of-the-mill shit, and that dog is worth, like, 20 bucks in real life. Yeah. It's like, a, it's very it's like goldfish prices. Yeah, no one believes that it's intelligent. It just is. And Ayn ends up becoming best friends with Ed. Yeah, they're buddies. So Ayn and Ed do stuff together. Because they're both the smart ones on the ship, which is remarkable given one's a dog and the other one's personality. Yeah. Um, I'm up to the point in my notes here where um, you want to just talk about some episodes and stuff. What are some things you like about the show? Sure. I can talk about Cabo-Bubop. How did you feel about the ending? The thing I was dreading for fucking a while. You made it seem like it was going to be a lot more emotional than it was. I think we were prepared. I don't think it was that much of a, like... It, it's not... There's no plot twist or anything. Like, it went exactly the way that I kind of pictured it would. Yeah. I'm glad I sort of knew it going in, though. I think I would be but So, spoilers. Spike dies. Um, Ed leaves. Faye leaves. Ayn leaves. Faye gets dragged into it a little bit at the end. The love interest dies. The bad guy dies. Spike dies. Yeah. It's very old school. It's, it's very noir, very western. Which makes sense. But... The story ends... But yeah, I was I was very dreading it, especially because every time you see these characters, they're always very captivating. Yeah, and they all have like a they have a place in your heart. Like you never hate them. But see, I think. But I, and at some point, I'm. I think we're in Max Comics and Collectibles. Thirty four Sydney Street, Mackay. Thank God you can still do that. <laughs> every day, day. I, I I tell I tell the Sean there that um. It's like, oh yeah, we've started watching it. He's like, yeah, because he knows what I'm like. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a bit worried that it's going to get grim because I've seen some memes. And he's like, it's going to get grim. And I was like, oh no. And that's pretty much when I stopped watching it. But, you know. But I don't think it could have ended another way. Like, I'm very content with all of the characters being dead. 
And and that's a weird thing. And because to say. every episode is open ended, you could always have you could always pitch your adventures in between every single episode. Easy. Well, and that's the movie is inserted just randomly in because yeah between like twenty three and twenty four before everyone leaves. It's the episode before that. Yeah, it's it's towards which, the end. Which I would love access to, legal if access an to. English distributor wants to. Uh, that's the thing. We have access to the original version, but it's not the same without our cast. Yeah. So what can you do? Um. Yeah. So we made it through the ending. We did good. How do you feel about the first episode then? With the red eye, um, drug smuggler and stuff. I know it's been a while, but you watched an almost identical version on Netflix recently. It's strange because it doesn't set anything. It doesn't up. do anything. That's that's what's special it about the show. It doesn't introduce characters. It doesn't. It's it reminds like, me of it's westerns. It's like you're jumping in halfway through something that's already happened. You don't need any long bullshit Sam Raimi hour and a half Spider-Man origins. You just come in. Every tro- every character is a trope, yeah. so you sort of know what we're going into every time. But it does it in a well in a good way. You're not like oh it's. Oh, this guy's the jock guy, and oh, this guy's the nerd guy. It's much more complex, but it's understandable. And I think um, for this, like, because it is definitely set up to be a Western noir, hmm. the fact that you go it's what, into it's, it It's not, what Firefly wants to be. And is. Yeah. Because you go into it not knowing anything, it creates that mystery itself. But you're never mad at it for it because it always is paying out enough mm. that you're like, oh, that's where that fits. It bread Hang comes on a really second, well. where's the next part? The structure and and pace and breadcrumbing of like information throughout the series is so well done. And of course, people are going to be disappointed with the Netflix version because there's no way you could match that. That is such. It's so tightly built. And the difference is... It is, is such a precise clockwork of a show. And I, we didn't really touch on it when we started recording, but when they were, you know, writing this show originally and working it all out and that, it was very much a case of they knew what they had and they knew where they were going to end it. Whereas with the Netflix thing, it's modern TV. They have That's to be able to sit yeah. there and get a season two and extend it and things like that. They we'll don't about have that we, luxury it, of... But... And it sounds really weird. Time. They don't get the luxury of finales. Remember, like, it's it's been a problem mm-hmm. since forever. Uh, the original Showtime run of Dexter, um, alright, we have to kill off Dexter, and Showtime says, no, we want to recycle this shit, um, which puts us to now with the new blood season. I don't. I haven't seen any of it yet. It's gonna take a lot to be worth the ending we ended up with before. You got a lot of fucking. You got a lot to make up for there. That sucked. But, but that, and that's the, that's the problem. Longevity is time. a bigger priority than it used to be. Yeah. Um. And in in exactly the same sentence, nothing is given the time to last. Because, you know, I'm very nervous with the Netflix thing that they're going to sit there and go, eh, no one seems to like it as much as the original, let's just leave it. Yeah. 
and that doesn't give the creators of that show to get comfortable with that show. Are you saying that entertainment has gone from well-designed, well-made pornos to just cum show compilations that are like five minutes and worth nothing? <laughs> but in closing. Sort of, yeah. In a polite way, yes. Um, but yeah, it, I know but, what you mean. But it's a problem in a lot of industries. It's not just the entertainment industry that they things sit there need and time they tell to you, develop. They th- need time to be done, and they need the creative freedom to do it. it. It's literally, and most people will relate to this. You walk in on a job, and they say, "Hey, in order to do this job really well, it's going to take research. It's going to take planning. It's going to take you knowing where the start and the end is, and working your way between those two points." By the way, we're doing a thing next Thursday, which means you can't do anything. Next Friday, we're going to completely change our minds, and we're going to start back at the beginning of today, Monday. Then in about three weeks, we're thinking maybe we'll have, like, a staff Christmas party. So that's going to take two days, because you'll have the day that we plan it and the day we pack it all up. And you might even take a day after that, because you'll be feeling a little bit tired and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. How how can you work in that environment? Like, it's impossible. Yeah, um, do you have any favourite episodes of the original series? Any favourite moments, even? Doesn't have to be a whole episode, because every, even the, like, they're all good, but even the worst episode still has some pretty, like, cool stuff in it. I was just gonna say, I don't know if I can pick an episode, because it's such a, as a whole piece. Yeah. Like, that's like asking you to pick your favourite chapter from a book. Because it is, every single one is so well done. And it, it does remind me of the Westerns. I, like, I, I was going to say it earlier, but um, in a sense that you go in, every character's already established. Yeah. And it makes me think of Dollar Trilogy, which I brought up during our Good, the Bad, and the Ugly run, but everyone shows up and they are who they are. And even though it's a trilogy, no one stays the same because every story is a different story. It kind of does that format. A little bit. And that's the thing, they're always... Every like, episode's adventure The characters is are own. always adapting to what that episode needs. Yeah. But somehow it feels like they're staying truthful to themselves. Yeah. Which um, is really strange. We didn't bring it up um, when we were talking about Faye, but I do like her first appearance. Mm. Like when she's just having like... She puts on some sunglasses and just has like a full-on shootout in the store. Like she she has a, has a big opening. She has a big opening. <laughs> her introduction is good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was surprised at how much I liked her, honestly. Again. They're all very well-built characters. They all, Every time someone sh- showed up, I was have... like, really? And then, like, within the next episode, I'm like, yeah, cool, cool. And I wonder if that's what makes it such an enjoyable series, is that you can clearly pick their character flaw, mm. but it never stews on it. Yeah. Like... Spike is never the depressed one. He has his moments, but it's never... It's enough to let you know that he's the depressed one, but it's not enough to... He's never locked into that single character. No, and I think that's the thing. Every single character has so many elements that makes up their personality. They're done very realistically, honestly. It is an actual person. Yeah. It's not just a character. And that's something that a lot of things, particularly animation... Mm has issues with when you were gonna when you were saying before that um shows need time to figure themselves out naturally even though this was already pretty much built when they actually got to animate and it sort of had a beginning a middle and an end just fine 
But when you brought up like things need time to figure themselves out, I thought about season one of Simpsons and how ugly it is. And if they just threw it out after season one, what a different world we'd be in now. Oh, but, yeah. But um, in those original ones, a lot of the characters were very natural and realistic. And then you get to current ones where Lisa just wants to be annoying and Homer is just an idiot. And like, they, what, what you're saying about how characters need a lot of fleshing out, this does really well. You don't see it often, is what I'm saying. Well, and that's... Honest, it's easy to fall into just tropes. Honestly, the thing that you could liken this to mm-hmm. is Venture Bros. Because they had sat with those characters for so long before they became... Things were fleshed out before we saw it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what this had the opportunity to do. And, you know, they... or. Not only did they have these characters, they had this world because they had the soundtrack that went behind it. They yeah. had the d- designs. They had all of this stuff before they started making something with it. And that's, you know, it's the same as we say. If you put heart and soul into something, you will always get 100% back. Yeah. Because people can feel it. And I think that's where the new Cowboy Bebop you can feel it, but it's not... They're, they're reaching for it, and I think they're going to get it, but they're not there. Yeah. Um. Did you want to talk about the mushrooms? Yeah, I think... Because I know that's your favourite episode. I think back-to-back, looking through like the episode list, um, Mushroom Samba and Speak Like a Child are probably my favourites. Okay. Mushroom Samba's nice, easy, fun, so stupid. Um, They accidentally acquire... Psychedelic mushrooms. I think Ed may have caused that, if I recall correctly. It's mostly an it's an episode of mostly just Ed and Ayn trying to do their own bounty while everyone else is tripping balls. And normally I'm not a big psychedelic like drug guy, but it's just a fun episode because Ed is so inept, but so capable. <laughs> it's done really well. And then Kaya, and then Ed has the mushrooms, and he like honks and just kind of hops. That single... Oh, man. That's probably one of my favourite things ever. It's so good. Um, and then Speak Like a Child is a lot less fun, but still very fun. In that episode, um, someone sends Faye an old videotape from before she was frozen as a kid, before she forgot literally everything about herself. Mm-hmm. But it's a fucking VHS in 2071. So, while she's off betting on horse racing... The um, Jet and Spike go looking for a VCR. Um, they go to, like, one nerd who's super into that stuff. Kind of hassle him a little bit. They, he tells them to fuck off. And then they have to, like, go scavenging through, like, what essentially is old New York from Futurama. Mm. Looking for a VCR. They bring it back. It's a fucking Betamax. <laughs> they don't know what's going on. It's, just, it's, a, it's a dumb little adventure, but it's done really well. And then it ends on that, like... That fucking heart-ripping thing. When Faye's looking at this old message that she was sending her future self and just has no memory of who she ever was. Yeah. Because that's the overarching thing. Everyone is trying to outrun something. Jet is a disgraced cop with, like, not much left to live for, really. Spike is a dude who's faked his death and knows they're coming for him. Like, he knows that failed. Yeah. And he knows his time's short. Faye has no idea who she is. And she just goes from one 
bad habit to another in just in an attempt to, feel to keep moving. It's not even that. It's to keep moving. Because yeah. the second you stop, all of that shit will catch up to you. And Ed's... Um, Ed. Ed's doing Ed things. <laughs> I think Ed is the most content out of all of them. I think I because like I Ed because Ed it's chill. There's no horrible overarching, like, dark themes. It's the, just Ed doing is. Ed. Ed was literally forgotten by his parents. Ed don't care. It's fine. And when Ed finally meets Ed's parents... They, it's like, vague and not that good either. But his dad's like, you want to come... That's true. You want you want to come with me? And she's like, yeah, okay. And then he just takes off and leaves her there. Yeah. And she's like, oh, oh. And she goes off on her own adventure with Ed anyway. And Ayn. Yeah. Because Ayn runs off after her. Yeah, they go together on a little adventure. Ayn, Ayn is probably the least... <coughs> Ayn's just smart dog. Destroying. Smart dog, no one wants it. Smart dog, like Ed. Eat the dog food. And the and the capsicum. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoy those two episodes. Back to back, they're fun. What about you, G? Do you have any any came to mind there? I don't I think I just like the moments. You just like just going through the whole thing. Yeah. Just living in the moment. And that's the thing, it does Some shows are like that, it's hard to separate moments where it, I, it I like I like I like really Mushroom well. Summer because it's like a break it's it's I don't know it's almost like a Christmas special but not about anything yeah you know it's one of those little adventures um okay hmm. and so with that we started the Netflix version just to compare at first mm-hmm. um Kaya what did you think overall so just, far- just give me a broad one before I go into bits as I said, I, th- I think it's reaching for the, what it will be. I think it's going to get there. I just hope it's given the chance. Because they've done such a great job with the casting, with the music, with... Well, the music's fucking the Yoko es- the, again. Like, she came the back, aesthetic which I like. is as good as you can get a live action. Oh, yeah. Never it looks gonna really ha- good. They're never going to have the aesthetic hmm. that the original had. Because the original is animation. Yeah, you can draw you, you all sorts of... You can't do that. It's easier to draw a big dick than to film a big dick. And... As dumb as it sounds, you know what I mean? The cinematography you can draw anything. and the colorist and, like, all of that is so on point. This... And yeah. I wonder if that actually hurts them a little bit, that it's the same way that I feel about the um, Arkham when they redid it. They cleaned it up too much, and it's like, yeah, it's a great game. Where's my dirt? Yeah. Like, I worry that they've done too good of a job. The only thing that really bugs me, I don't feel that they're selling Jet and Spike enough. They're doing it in Their a... relationship isn't... It's very brotherly in the original, and I feel like they spend too much time on each other's nerves they're in trying... the Netflix. They're, pu- it's, they're pushing it's almost that relationship like, It's almost like live-action American TV wants to do that Moira shit from Arrow again. But none of these characters have a family. So we have to have these weird family dynamic dramas throughout our shows. Because that's just a weird rule we've fixated ourselves upon. I think it's just because people can relate to it. Nah. It's by not <laughs> nah. having that, people can relate to it. Yeah, by leaving it a blank slate, you can self-insert. And that's the thing. Like There was a whole conversation in the episode we watched last night about... Spike was trying to justify 
his feelings towards Vicious hmm. with Jet's feeling towards his brother. It, it wasn't needed. Yeah. Like, he didn't need to relate it to something. He could have just been like, so hypothetically. Similar like, to Batman animated series, the original one assumes you're smart enough to pick up what they're putting down, whereas the new one explains it. But every new thing has to explain shit way too much. And it's, like I said, it's, it's okay. I can feel where it's reaching for. I just hope it's given the chance to get there. Because I'm really concerned that they're going to turn around and slap it on the back of the hand and make him go and eat his dinner. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about it earlier today because, you know, we've had some good episodes and then we had the the weirdly racist Kruger woman. And you know what? He calls himself a dog in the original. I know, that's fine. He calls himself Black Dog, though. Look, I have Wonder Woman 84 or whatever it's called, Vibes. We're in the Netflix show. There's a lot of really good moments. But the bridges between all these really good moments are a little bit wobbly bridges. Mm. You know? And it's one of those kind of things. Um, Watanabe, the original one's director, and the casino was named... The, the namesake of the casino in the first episode, I liked that. Um, he said his version was about 80% drama, noir, etc., etc., but 20% comedic. And I feel like the biggest difference here is the ratio. This one has a lot more of a goofy cheesiness to it than the original, which I don't mind. I don't think that's my problem. And a lot of my problems with it aren't that. It's still pretty close overall. I was okay with it. I don't mind when a remake is different. So long as it fits the broad grain of something. That's the tricky part. Yeah. Like, all Sherlock's have to solve shit. All Zatanna's need to talk backwards. Them's the rules. So as long as it doesn't fly in the face of itself, then I'm fine with it. Yeah. Um, it's... And it's... Look, it's 2021. We can't keep hating things just for being remakes. Yeah. Because that's, that's it. That's all we're getting from now on. You need to accept it. You can't just hate stuff for being a remake. And frankly... We've been getting uh, uh, remakes of the same stuff now, though, for ages. But here's the thing. They've just stopped calling them different names. The thing about this is that Netflix has all the original Cowboy Bebops now. Mm. This We ain't talking about Rockstar pulling its old shit, so you have to play with the crummy new shit. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, I, I think it's a really, really well done I think series. I think it ain't a bad attempt so far. Although we did watch the Ed reveal at the end of the season. And that... that I don't think he's going to balance... I don't think she is going to balance the same way the original one did. I feel like I'm going to really hate this kid. But again... I'm good at hating children, though. I think it's my they natural just need move. to sit with the character. I think they need to sit there and be like, oh, this is what we need. Yeah. Because everything looks great, everything sounds great, everything... I think they just need to work out that sweet that sweet spot. Yeah, and that's the thing. They need to find the sweet spot sweet spot between Spike and Jet. They need to find it between you know the other characters, which they're starting to do. Yeah, like I think the relationships that we've seen three episodes in between Spike and Faye is spot on. Yeah, and I know that you have. I'll get Some that. issues with Faye. It's like I think it's because she's the most gratuitous change that it's going to be the most abrasive change. 
If I showed up and it was a cat, you'd be like, what the fuck? But she's, they haven't made her a dude. You know what I mean? Um, I don't have as much problem with her as you do. So, so these are these were my notes after episode one. Okay. That I'm still I'm still kind of on the same spot, but I'm a little more wobbly because there was cool moments in episode three, but there's like ten minutes in a BDSM brothel trying to figure out the I German chick saying hounds. I don't know, but yeah, it's great. But I'm like, Jet this is, is weird. Jed <laughs> is there just complete like vanilla stressing ice out about cream. his daughter that never existed. Before. No, no, just complete vanilla ice cream, and you can just tell by smoke he's like. I won't be here. This yeah. is great. I love you. If I had money, I would totally be like tied up somewhere. Yeah, yeah I'm fine with... Look, these were my notes, okay? So, I'm fine with storytelling not being as tight or as smart as the these older pieces. But we forget, okay? In These certain things that stand the test of time, be it Cowboy Bebop or Batman the Animated Series, stand the test of time for a very... Like, for a good reason. That They are good. They are memorable things. The same year Cowboy Bebop first aired, we were dealing with Joel Schumacher's Batman and Robin. I don't know what you're talking about. The same year Batman the Animated Series began, we had TV shows like Dog City and that Adventures in Wonderland show that had an O.J. Simpson episode that couldn't be aired because between filming and airing, he became a murderer. Um, Alleged. See, I think we remember the old days for being better, but look, time shaves a lot of forgetful junk away. Leaving us with a lot of rose-tinted nostalgia. Everyone's going to say this, the old version of Cowboy Bebop's better. And it probably is. This new one might be one of those things we lose to time overall. But not everything's perfect. There's a lot of junk. I mean, if The you world go, is full of junk. If you go back and look at the Universal Monsters, they are not great. Hmm. We, we watch Wolfman and... Oh, man. But they were still good enough and memorable enough and iconic enough that as other characters fade away into obscurity forever, like the Mole Man, mm-hmm. f- like Draculas and Frankensteins will always be around. It's not that things were better in the old days, it's that you remember all the really cool shit you saw. Yeah. You know? And and you pass that down. Hmm. Like, it, it becomes a thing of, I loved this thing as a kid. Like, same with Sailor Moon. I started watching Sailor Moon again and then made you sit down and watch it with me because I was like, this was what I watched growing mm. up. Yeah. And it's terrible. It's grating as crap. But that fucking Disneyland episode I really loved. I unapologetically love that shit. That was so cool. That fucking doll chick with the, tw- the head like twisting out of herself. Yeah. That was dope. That was like horror anime for a second there. I was impressed by that one. But see, I'm still like desperate to watch episodes because I'm like, I know I loved this. Mm. I know there's something here that I adore. Yeah. And we're at the point where it's like they are starting to sit with those characters. I can't believe how long it takes to get to everyone else. Holy shit. Yeah. I thought I thought it was like Power Rangers. No. Because it was based it was it was the Power Ranger for but, girls but when I was thing. a kid. You sit with those characters for so long that that's why you get so dedicated yeah. to them. Which is the opposite to this where you have 23, 26 episodes, <coughs> the end. But they knew that's what they were having. Yeah. So they worked with that was it. What they molded it for was. so long. It's the same as me. I do everything in 20 weeks. Yeah. You know. You you know exactly because every 10 weeks I'm like, ah, oh, that was, you know, 13 weeks ago. And you're like, how, how can you do that? And I'm like, because that's how I live my life. Yeah. 10 weeks at a time. 
So, so what are some other differences? Um, I've seen the reveal of Ed now. I'm a bit worried about it, but no Ed in the series. Um, which it's really weird on the title. Yeah, yeah that's that was the next thing I wrote. Problem. That was the, that was what really reminded me because obviously the original title card has Cowboy Bebop and it has the four there in that really cool like hand drawn style. <laughs> but then the Netflix version is the exact same, but there's clearly a square missing. Just put iron in there, yeah. Just put iron. Just put, just fill it, fill that block up. It's so obvious right now. Um, Jet has a daughter now, which I don't remember being the case in the original, because um, disgraced police officers don't matter anymore. You know, a guy, it's it's hard to relate to a guy with honor in today's society, so we gotta gotta make him more relatable. Bad marriage. Yeah, I mean, like they're they're gonna want to do something else, and I get it. I don't want it, but I understand it. Like. I know the rules here. And family breakdown is relatable. Yeah. They haven't put it his fucking wife's house in the suburbs to make it more relatable. Yeah. I think, I think she's dating Andy. It looked a lot like the cowboy guy. I um, feel like you're just stuck on him at this stage. No, I feel like he was wearing a white cowboy outfit and had a blonde mustache. I think he's fucking Andy. I think maybe you have a crush on him. Listen here, Buster. Um, Faye has been very overhauled. The trouble is, it's behind like a a gender paywall, so to speak. Like, I am a cis man, what? and if I say the the old one that dressed provocatively was way more better than this one, I'm immediately, like, cut off at the, oh, you just like her because they're hot. Because she's hot. Because <laughs> they're like, tri- hot! <laughs> I'm not tripped up by the sex appeal, I'm tripped up by the weird mythology, and, like, she was a charming, cool-ass character. Like, I enjoyed the shit out of her in the original run. But the new... You know, like, the new versions that take-no-shit-loudmouth lady trope that we get nowadays, she feels very cyberpunk 2077. Um, I don't feel like what Faye was is necessarily a thing anymore. But as Kaya, I'm throwing it to you because you're the girl, so you're allowed to talk about other girls. Oh, I'm allowed to talk about <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, if I... If I was, if I'm I one don't... of those people that say when they changed Power Girl's costume and removed the boob window, it was weird and at a disservice to the character's weird history and trivia. But then it's like, oh, you just want to see tits, you know? Like I can't really defend that. Okay. So I don't have an issue with the new Faye. We haven't had much on, time with her yet either. On the actually, points of we've seen her once, hmm. and in do you think it's because so, okay. I really liked her original, like? reveal and this new one's nothing let, let, like let, it. Let me let me lay down here what I'm laying down. Let me lay down a jam and then just picture like a bass. Faye isn't your typical use of the firm fatale. No. Because she doesn't ever use her sexuality to get where she wants, but she is always out for Faye. She uses it to travel a lot, actually. Yeah, but... Just for some reason, she just goes and hangs out But she people. doesn't need to. We never see her, like... She doesn't need to once she gets to the Bebop. Hmm. Because she's just like, oh, you guys are going to Mars? Okay, I suppose I'm going to Mars now. Like, I'll I think she just likes tagging along with there. shit. So she's not a classical femme fatale. In the original series, though, she is very able to blend to what a situation calls for. In her introduction, in the Netflix series... That role requires her to be the way she is. Because she's coming up against a cowboy. Mm. 
she has a job that she needs to get done and she needs to do it her way because no one's going to listen to her otherwise. I reserve judgment on that character until we've seen her in a couple of other situations. Okay. Because the fate of the original is very go with the flow until she hits that point where she's so caught up in ending her own story that she doesn't care anymore. Like, all the casino stuff, all the pirate stuff, all the... She's what the episode calls for her to be. She's very versatile. And that's a very female character. Like... I think it's because she lacks identity, honestly. Which is part of the story of... Until she gets to that point where she's like, I actually need to work out what I am. Because she has that VHS tape sitting around for a very long time before she actually is like, fuck, alright. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know... Because we've only seen her for such a short spell in the thing, what's not to say that things are going to change and her attitude will change and her personality will change? Yeah, I, like, look, I hope I'm wrong, She's probably come up but against it's... heaps of other people, not only bounty hunters, that have told her, you know, how it's going to be and smile for me, pretty lady, and stuff like that. She walks up to Spike and she's like, you're another asshole. I'm not going to deal with you. I'm going, this is what I want, this is what I'm going to get, and you're going to give it to me, I don't care. Yeah. And that's why I think you've developed the opinion that you have. Look, I walked in to the original series being like, she's dressed in a cut-up raincoat, and I don't understand her maybe mankini, maybe, maybe suspenders. No, it's thing. suspenders, definitely. Yeah, yeah, we but saw we, the buttons. But we spent a lot of time thinking about it and keeping an eye on it because we weren't sure. But we did the same thing with But Ed. yeah, I walked into her surprised that she was as in-depth as she ended up being. Yeah. You know? Because we, th- we meet her that's... as like a... involved in like a gambling debt. And she's, I don't know. Like that's, I, that's the thing with these characters is your introduction to them is never who they are. Yeah. It's a really cool introduction but they're so multifaceted. Yeah. That, like, I'm just waiting for the light to shift on her character for you to go, oh, weird, yeah. cool. And then it'll shift back again and you'll be like, oh, I don't like that. Like, I feel like that's just who these characters are. Yeah. Um, Overall, I think I still think it's good, though. I'm enjoying it so far. It's a lot more pop popcorn-y, but that's, yeah. that's fine sometimes. Sometimes I don't need existential crisis. Most of the time I'm watching shit to avoid it. And that's um, the thing, it's just... And yeah, like I said before, Yoko Kano is doing the music here, so that's fucking cool. I'm glad she's doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's still... Everyone still sort of has a grimdark backstory, and it's not all goofy. Um, I think the reviews online are a little bit overkill, but that said, we haven't watched all of it yet. Mm. You know, the, that Ed clip maybe maybe backpedal a little bit mentally, but it also might lower my expectations, so I also might enjoy it more because of that. You know what I mean? Um, do you have any other thoughts or opinions, Kyle? I, I think I've been pretty vocal with the, my feelings. Personally, I really liked the T1 herpes joke, because I made the same joke at the exact same time pacing as the actual show, which I felt very... <laughs> I was impressed with myself. It was a cool, cool, well-timed moment. You had to be there. Yeah. Were you impressed? Yes. All right. Um, 
Yeah, so obviously great minds think alike there. Um, a little pre-homework homework, because everyone's like, oh, it's another Netflix adaptation, so everyone's already, like, out to get it. Yeah. What what should, What is the best Netflix adaptation? To, to you, like, there's a lot of duds. I'm not afraid to admit that, but is there one where you're like, oh, that was, that was good? An adaptation. Yeah. You'll probably just agree with mine. Look, I'm I'm liking Comey so far, as adaptations go. Yeah. But I still think the definitive answer is the series of unfortunate events they did. That was. I, I've rewatched that a couple times. Honestly, I didn't read the series of unfortunate events. So I read them all, and I watched the Jim Carrey movie. It's it's very well done, and I love Patrick Warburton and his like his role as Lemony Snicker drifting in and out, like yeah, so good. Bo Welch, I think, worked on it, right? If I'm recalling. We did a podcast about it. Please go listen to that. I feel like I annoyingly should mention... They just didn't do it as good, though. What? Um, the... Hang on, I'm trying to think of what they called it on that. <coughs> oh! Um, While she's talking, I'll apologise for all the coughing Shadow in this Hunters. episode. Ah, oh, yeah, 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 I know you're with they, they just didn't do it... The books are so good. See, that's the, the movie was. That's what everyone really says about bad. every net it, Netflix, the adaptation. Netflix adaptation. Did its own thing. That's the meme, which is fine. It added some really interesting like takes on stuff. It did really good visuals. Like, I should like it more than I do, yeah. but I feel like it just strayed so far off course for me and what I pictured that I'm like. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's how a lot of people feel about almost every adaptation. Um, it is good, but it's just not what I wanted. Are you enjoying Comey? As I'm someone who Comey. hasn't really read it? It's cute. Mm. Um, Alright, so, ready for actual homework? Okay. Alright. This series is a melting pot of genres. Fuck, I had an answer, but I didn't write it down. I'm just noticing. Um, today's homework is like... I wanted to know what other really genre-bending pieces of pop culture you enjoy or recommend. I know it's a very open-ended thing, and I apologise. Um, I... Oh, no, I remember now. It's such a shit answer. I'm sorry. That's why I didn't write it down. I was hoping to find a better one. But I think one that really, like, shaped the way I enjoy a lot of stuff is the mixture of horror and comedy and sexploitation that was zombie strippers. Mm. I, I watched that... Like, it was probably one of my first horror films overall, honestly. I, like, watched Final Destination and the Chucky... Like, the, the, the funny Chucky movies. But then I stumbled upon zombie strippers. I was like, oh, wow, they can make these, like, worse? That's awesome. Mm. Um, I suppose that's my easiest answer. I, I like a lot of horror mixed with other shit. Like, the best Batman detective stuff is when Gotham is a horrible place, full of horrors. Look at his look at his rogues gallery. Yeah, they should be kind of scary, because they're fucking designed to be scary. Maybe Veronica Mars. Isn't that teen drama detectives? Slash detective. Yeah. Anytime you mix detective with something, you're fucking good. Anytime you mix horror with something, I think you're good. Well, personally, I disagree with that, but... My other answer was Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, because they're the the chocolatey sweet oh, genre and, and the salty peanut butter they're, genre. They're definitely disgusting. Yeah. Ain't nobody got time for that. 
An affogato. An avocado? Affogato. I don't know what that is. You're the worst Italian I know. It's a it espresso over ice cream. Ugh. No wonder I don't know what that is. <laughs> um, it's very I feel good like dessert. hot and cold, bitter and sweet. As much as I'm sort of done with the Marvel movie stuff, their formula was always at its best when it was genre mixing. The comic book sci-fi that was original, like the first Guardians of the Galaxy, was really fun. Great soundtrack. Mm. No one disagrees with the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack. You know what I mean? Like, the best ones were when Marvel was doing superhero but movies. But that's why rom-coms are so, like... They're romance and comedy, Kyle. Exactly. <laughs> but, that's, but that's why that's a genre that works. Yeah. Hmm. I can't think of anything that's as versatile as Cowboy Bebop. And I think that's why it'll stand the test of time, because I don't think much will ever match it. No. Especially as storytelling gets simplified and... It doesn't matter what and you're weird as we on, go into the present. You could be inspired by something there. Yeah. You could be inspired by the ships, you could be inspired by the characters, the background, the aesthetic, the literally anything in any episode. Like whatever could do you're something. looking for, you could take something away from that show. Yeah. Alright, so the bottom line, would you recommend the original series? Yes. Would you recommend the live action series? As someone that's only seen three episodes? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm I'm in the same boat, so I think that's it. Thank you, Producer Kaya, for all the things you do. Well, thank you. Um, I've been your host, Toby DePolo. Remember to rate, review, follow, subscribe, all the thingies, all the things. I th- I'm assuming that's how you support us. I don't really, I don't know the, the facts behind it. Just listen and enjoy, I guess, is all I'm asking. Um, Check our back catalogue. There's probably other things in there that's interesting to you. Um, And with that... um. See you, Space Cowboy. Class dismissed.